when I formed the fall, the, the ultimate goal was like to sort of have a, a group that was organic that can just go up there and do various things and sort of could cope with another discipline as well. You know, I wanted it to be free form with discipline, which is sort of an easy thing to say. Most bands would claim to be that, but in fact they're not, you know. It's just getting a balance. the fall i'm gavin and you should say i'm steve i'm steve <laughs> and we're the fall actually we're probably the two of the only people on the face of the earth that haven't been in the fall today we're going to be talking about diving into the first bit of the fall discography and maybe maybe steve you can tell me what what do you know about the fall uh so the fall marky smith out of manchester you know england um, they've had, you know, quite a bit of members. Mark is the only member that made it uh, the entire time, obviously. Um, started with some, you know, friends, and they lasted a while until, you know, it started to basically get some fame and, you know, kind of slowly fall apart as others, you know, drifted in and out, and, you know, Mark got a little bit more unreasonable with his expectations. <laughs> unreasonable or, or more, more stringent? Yeah, so Marky Smith, right? We I don't want to go, I don't want to spend too much time on the history because there's a lot of uh, fall things you could look up online and a lot of experts, and we're not experts, but basically, Marky Smith, he was born and raised in Manchester area, and uh, working class family. He was not really into music until he got this record player. His dad brought home this record player. And he started getting into music. Do you know what his first record he bought was? Not too bad. It was Black Sabbath's Paranoid, which I believe is pretty fitting for the some of the paranoia that we're going to be um, kind of hearing in this first EP. Um, I got to say, I, I'm I'm relative. I've listened to Fall on and off, but not really dived in like fully. And so um, a lot of this stuff is new, or I'm just going to experience it new, um, which will be cool. But he's so Marky Smith has been the only member of the fall. And there's the famous quote of him saying, um, if it's me and your and your granny playing bongos, he's like, that's the fall. So anyone, anyone that has been a part of the fall is just um, part of the overall over of 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 the of the fall sound which is kind of interesting because even though he's gone through something like 50 or 60 members the the sound of the fall is not really that different as it moves forward right so he like dropped out of school i think when he was about 16 years old and 
he said he was always good at literature, so it wasn't like he couldn't do it, but it wasn't of interest to him. And he got this job working at the docks. He was like a shipping clerk. And on his lunch breaks, he would be he would write. He would type up his writing. And it wasn't music related. It was just writing for writing's sake. So he's always been a writer, and he thinks of himself as a writer throughout this whole time. It wasn't until him and his friends went to go see this concert, which was the Sex Pistols, and I guess a bunch of other people within in the scene, um, members that formed the Buzzcocks and some other bands also went to the same show. So it was kind of like an instigator for a bunch of Manchester bands and related bands after they saw the Sex Pistols. They kind of said, I can do that, which I can, I can relate to. Uh, you know, if you hear the reason um, I started playing in a band was hearing bands that were not necessarily good, <laughs> technically good, but then they got in, but, but hearing that made it accessible. So he got into it and he started the fall he, with his friends, him and his friends after seeing the Sex Pistols started the fall right away. The original name of the fall was actually going to be The Outsiders, but it turned out they found out that there was already two bands called The Outsiders. So they had to go with their second choice, which was The Fall, mm-hmm. which, um, I think the Outsiders is a real fitting name for them too, you know. For sure, I, I think mean, it was. They, they were, it was like a posh London band too that had already taken the Outsiders, yeah. so they, they right. were real turned off by that. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and so they start playing, and it also it's interesting. I read that he was originally going to be the guitar player, and he was going to be the guitar player because Martin uh, Brahma, uh, Brahma, who is the guitar player on basically just the first couple of recordings. And I'm excited to listen to this album because the guitar playing is some of my favorite of all, like in general of fall things that I've listened to. And so he was going to play it because he thought Martin Brahma was a much more attractive guy and he would be a much better frontman. And so it was him, Martin Brahma, his girlfriend, um, Uma, um, uh, Bain, Baines, who played the keys, but she actually started playing on uh, flipped over cookie tins as the drummer when they were starting to, to, to play at the, in their flat. And then also Tony Friel on the bass and Carl Burns, who also is super fitting to the sound of the early fall, but he only stayed on for a couple recordings as well. But then later in the fall's career, he comes back. And when they have the two drummers set up, he's one of the drummers and, um, it's really good stuff when he is in the band because they go through numerous drummers, but some of the drummers that they come um, into playing with early on are, they've been noted to be being not the best fit for the band, right? I was, I was gonna say, he didn't particularly care who was in the band as long as they were willing to play in the band. And you know, it's yeah. taking a lot of, you, you became a roadie and then all of a sudden you're playing in the show because someone didn't show <laughs> up that night, so. Right, 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 right. An unpaid roadie. <laughs> An unpaid roadie yeah. that's just like, a lot of the hangers on her that are like fall fans originally become part of the band, which is really interesting too, right? Because like they're already fans of the band and then they're in the band. So they obviously like the sound and they're not gonna, journey that far away from the 
overall aesthetic, even though Mark has to employ his his rules, right? Well, his structure. Which makes it probably better for him if you've got a bunch of fanboys that are in your band and you know, they're already over the moon about what you do. They're just going to want to continue that on and, you know, make that, you know, make it sound as good as they can, whether, whether they're talented enough or not. Definitely. Like, like you like, they're, they're already into the sound. So they want to make that sound and, and make that sound, um, in a, in a way that's pleasing, right. To them. And then Mark's going to make sure that it's pleasing to him. So, um, and also it's kind of cool because he uh, he's had multiple partners, right? Wives that have been in the band, part girlfriends, um, even some of the later partners that he had um, were in in the band in some form as far as a manager, um, you know, fan club manager. So there, it's if you're in Mark's kind of world, you're you're a part of the fall in some way. Um, even setting up gigs, you know, like there's all these people that are his his uh, collaborators and they can only take so much before they're just kind of like, okay, I need a break from this or they get forced out. So you, the fall has gone through something like 50, 60 members. They made 30 something studio albums and that's not even um, coming close to the number of live albums that they released, which is... Um, Confusing. Important. Confusing, yeah. too, because they're all named <laughs> live at, at so-and-so, and then there's actually some live ones, and you're like, is this studio? Is this live? Yeah. What? How, yeah. how am I going to listen to this here? Yeah, and then the next one, we're going to get into um, their first LP, right, which is live at the Witch Trials, which is not it's technically not live at all. They recorded it live in a studio, but it's not live. So, yeah, so there's a, there's a lot of – it's already very – you know, it – I think about the like the fall sound is just pure art right it's just pure art whether it's rock and roll or what or just experimental it's just pure art in the way that um it's it's portrayed and that he released it and he's just prolific like all also when they started playing they played a bunch of a handful of gigs originally and they started getting um some fan base because they were so interesting and so this small label gave them money to record this album, which we're going to get into, which is Bingo Masters Breakout. It's the EP, the first recording they released. It's three songs. And then we're going to talk about um, two of the first singles that they released after that in a short period of time. And I think they all go together um, pretty well um, as, a, as a bunch. So it's, it'll be good to discuss them together. But they got this money to record the album. They recorded... Bingo Masters Breakout, um, with a, a couple other tracks, or at least one other track that didn't make it. And so they had the recordings done. The The label basically said, we don't have the cash to release it, or to promote it or release it. So um, they were pretty much sitting on it until this um, label stepped forward, which released the this EP and the two first two singles, um, oh, first couple of singles, um, released it. And the Step Forward label is, I don't know if you listen to some of the, their other stuff, it's very, not, you know, late 70s punk rock. It's straight punk rock. It sounds like it's right up the alley of um, Sex Pistols, you know. I wouldn't say Early Clash, but it's much, much more far out than Early Clash. Any, do you have any other overall kind of feelings about this EP before we jump into it? 
Yeah, I mean, so, you know, like reading about it and even like just the time, it, it was definitely a, a time of new bands forming and just kind of making music to, to be creative and to, to live, it seems like live the, you know, their best life, right? Like go out there and make music and have fun. And it definitely seemed like, you know, Mark was more dedicated to the art than the other guys. You know, a lot of them were image-based and wanted to make it big where, you know, looking at obviously his long career, but like this was is more dedicated to a craft versus just, just trying to, to be mm, somebody. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, and cause of, cause of his background and his family is just generations. Like it's like, they were like plumbers and then they were the working class background. You can really see that from the start in 1978 until fucking 2015 or whatever, whenever, you know, whenever he had to stop, like physically had to, <laughs> had to stop. He was, he was like workman's ethic and he always would be talking about how he couldn't, um, he couldn't put out albums quick enough. And it was always based on the labels would be trying to slow him down for album cycles. And he said, by the time he was done recording an album, they would go and tour it and they would already be playing almost a completely different set of all new songs and not any of the songs on the album. So with that, let's jump into the first track of Bingo Masters Breakout, which is Psycho Mafia. This is for me like perfect leadoff song, give you a taste, but it's really totally different than any of the fall sound that follows this recording wise. Um, you know, it's very palatable because it is in fitting into the step forward kind of record label that they that picked it up. It's very much punk of the era, but it's so tight. And I don't know if we even hear this amount of... Uh, band tightness from the fall after this point you know it's much it gets much looser and it gets much more expansive um and it gets much more repetitive <laughs> as they move on but this is such it's such a tight song and the drums are some of my favorite drumming it's almost what keeps you rolling along I was going to say, he's, he's definitely singing more in this than he, he does going forward, you know? Yeah, totally. And this one is just, you know, Mark's um, on the street, on the street, um, the dirge and the, and, the, and the disturbingness of almost, you know, the paranoia of being chased down by some sort of <laughs> uh, some sort of crazed craze mafia member or member of a gang. Right. Sure, and you know, I think where they lived in, in Manchester at the time was a pretty, you know, rough and tumble neighborhood, and being kind of a a, a punk freak uh, wasn't always welcome or you know expected. So there probably was real, <laughs> real <laughs> gangs yeah. out there, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and even like, I mean, it's so straightforward, but it doesn't have 
what we're going to expect to be like the literary, you know, the literary kind of um, artistic lyrics that come later. What this one is just straightforward rocking from front to back. I just like this as a lead-off track. It's really fun. Yeah, it definitely sounds nice. You know, it's it would be hard to write your first song and just make it exactly what you you know you had in your head versus what what you've been listening to for so long. Right, and it's also interesting too because the, this band is maybe it might be the most technically like quote-unquote good band that he has because you know the drums the bass the bass the 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 i mean everything is kind of in sync and later on he talks about um well through the whole fall career he talks about how he has to almost teach the musicians that join his band to unlearn how to play you know, because they're they they are somewhat technically good or to really proficient in their instruments, and he has to force them to unlearn things or to just straight up simplify or cut things out so that it can be um, maybe just leave the openness for him to just paint <laughs> a crazed ma uh, masterpiece of words over the top of, right? So not as busy. Um, yeah, great leadoff track. Um, now let's let's jump into the title track, Bingo Masters Breakout. Two swans in front of his eyes, coloured balls in front of his eyes. It's number one for his Kelly's eye, treble six right over his eye. So this one is like, this is where I feel like I get the first taste of what the fall really is. It's slow and brooding at the start, and this drum is the simple drum, drum beat, and just letting Bark set the scene of this bingo uh, number caller, getting ready to call these numbers, and you already know that there's something not sinister, but he's looking down upon this bingo <laughs> caller um, because there's some sort of sadness in there. <laughs> sure, and I think you've all been in a bingo hall and, and felt that sadness anyways, right? Like, <laughs> Have you ever been in a bingo hall? Oh, yeah. Been in a lot of bingo yep. halls, seen a lot of <laughs> old ladies just chain-smoke cigarettes with, with their little stampers going to town. Yeah, it is a it is a an environment that is you wouldn't think. Oh, let you know what would make for a great rock song, a bingo hall, a bingo hall environment, and not only a bingo hall environment, but the guy calling the numbers is going to be the main character. You know, that's not rock and roll at all. That's something that's that's you know obscure kind of character study. <laughs> And and also, I mean, I've been to Bingo Hall in Texas, and I went one time, and it was down the street from my apartment, and I went there one time, and it's massive, it's a massive Bingo Hall, but you go in there, and you know, people are go there for a couple different reasons, the the cheap drinks, the yeah, you can you can smoke inside, and also, you got a chance to win some cash. Oh yeah, I I used to go to the to the back of the VFW, and my grandma played every week, and. 
the entire everyone in there was smoking cigarettes. They all had ten to fifteen cards each, and just waiting, waiting to hit, right? Yeah, and the and the sadness that's in the room too, because some of the people that are in that bingo hall are not there for fun. They're there to to make what they hope to be a living for a short period forward to to the month. I was going to say cover cover <laughs> you got to cover the wine bill for the for the month for sure. Yeah. That's all you need. Yeah. Hit, hit it hit one one bingo and you can take yeah. it. I like even like here's this like you know all he sees is the back of chairs in the mirror and a lack of hairs like right just like looking at all these old old white hairs just just living their best life I guess. It, the, yeah, what yeah. they can. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, and then he, there's the line that um, Holiday in Spain fell through, and so it's like I mean that one is just so it's so sad because it's like you know he he's been looking forward to this or planning this this holiday trip, and he's working the bingo hall, and I don't know in the UK if they get paid to do that. They probably just get paid. I'm guessing they just get paid in lager, right? <laughs> in pints, but. This holiday, this holiday in Spain falls through. It's so sad, so depressing. And then at the end of the song, a half, half full of cards left unfilled, he ended his life with wine and pills. And, that, and then we go to his grave. <laughs> There's a grave somewhere only partially filled. A sign in the graveyard on a, on a hill reads, Bingo Masters Breakout. You know? That's how you end a song. I was gonna say that's a that's how you end a story. That's how you end a song, and that's yeah. That's really what the you know where you see you know some of Mark, Marky's, uh, you know poetry right. Like he this is different yeah. than the first song where you're like okay he you know he wrote this and then you know the music came came to it, um, to you know to obviously enhance it. Definitely, definitely. No, this is a classic. I mean, this is classic fall, the start of the fall, for me at least. And then and then we go into what might be the most self-referring <laughs> fall song about the stylistic choices and the and the the interest of the fall. But before we do that, because this would be the end of side A, I think this is a good point where you know you're flipping the record over. And this is usually the point where I'm grabbing this album cover and I'm saying you know what's this album cover artwork all about you know what, what do you what do you, sure. what do you think about when you're looking at this album cover artwork Steve well I guess my question I, I don't I obviously have seen it and I've you know stared at this this bizarre uh, caricature um, for years for years um, <laughs> wondering what's going on you have it, um, you have it, you have it hung up someplace in your house I no, it scares me. Over the mantle? It scares my daughter, so, you know. Um, yeah, it's... She's rightfully scared. Right? Is he in a straitjacket? Is it a belt? What, what's going on exactly? Yeah, so we got this... We got this... I suppose it's the bingo master. And he's got this locked up... Yeah, straitjacket. He's all locked up. He's got the numbers in his eyes reflecting back. Um, losing that hair pretty quickly. And this kind of goes, this kind of fits in nicely with the Psycho Mafia, you know, because there, there's the psychotic look on the, on the Bingo Master's face. Sure. In I mean, this. I mean, it looks like he's probably, you know, 
in his uh, grave suit. He's, you know, he's he's wearing his best, his best. He's suit ready right for the now. grave. You're right. Tied up. He's ready. He's ready to call that final number. The final number is going to be called, and he's going to head to that grave. And then it looks like this text is so fun. It's so hilarious. This text makes it look like this was a sketch done. But, and I don't know. <laughs> I was going like, to say, do you know the artist? No, no. Like I, uh, we're, we're not, we're not fall experts, right? We're just going to, we're here for the enjoyment of, of the journey of going through the fall albums. But this text looks like it was drawn in, you know, in high in your high school yearbook, you drew this and you were like, this is going to be my band's first album, album cover. You know, this was written during, uh, for Mark, this might have been drawn in literature class. Sure, I mean this um, could have been drawn in the in the car, dropping it off to the recording studio. You know, you're not even really sure what, how thought out it was. Yeah, 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 definitely. But yeah, at some point he was like, "Okay, I got the bingo master. What am I gonna? I need something else here. I'm, I'm gonna make this this weird, abstract um, kind of kind of what is this like a a tomb? And that oh maybe that is the tomb where he's going into it." Um, and then a little yeah, card with an elephant. Are they little cryptids back there? Yeah, I mean, the the laser beam through his head. I'm not exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some sort of yeah, some wire. Um, either way, I think they nailed it for this. <laughs> I think this is perfect, perfect visualization I for mean, the for. I would buy this if I, you know, if I didn't know who the fall were and I saw this this guy flipping through the record. I, I would definitely definitely be interested in picking this up as well. At least for a spin. Um, okay, so now we flipped it over. We're side B. Now let's jump into repetition. The four R's. Right, noise. that he has to verbalize the white noise like he is like he's summing the white noise into existence he, like he is the conductor right this is like him showing I'm conducting this band I'm directing this band or at least I'm I'm the screenwriter for the kind of the for the the player the theatrical production and the guitars on this uh, Martin Brahma Oh man, the the guitars are just so great. It's so simple, but it's just so hypnotic. Yeah, which is great with the repetition, right? You're just like boom, 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 boom. Yeah, it's the. I mean, this is and this is fall that continues on, right? Like, yeah, the sound. Yep, this is the start of the repetition of the all of the repetition that goes through the remainder of the falls, the falls career. A simple driving beat, but then the the drums are the only thing that kind of changes it up with these drum fills, and it really kind of re-grabs your attention if you're just kind of listening to it in the background or you're listening to it for the first time. Instead of being hypnotized and zoning out, you're kind of like pulled back into like, oh, is it is it going to another part? No. Nope. No. <laughs> Slow. Mm, no, no, no. Pretty. Nope. 
Wait, wait, but is it? No, no, no. There's no chance. We found, <laughs> I could see Mark being like, you guys, you guys have, you guys have fallen into something. Somehow you've fallen into something. Keep it going. Keep it going. I'll give you the head nod when it's done. And actually, they don't even, I don't think they even end this one. This one just fades out, which is very fitting as well. Yeah, I mean, then in here he starts to get, you know, political and, you know, and a little bit more poignant with some of his... Uh, his shout-outs. His shout-outs and his, you know, his lyrics. Yeah. Yeah, and he also is referencing back to the psych the psychotic uh, nature of the first song is, um, you know, the electroshock therapy, you know, trying to get shocked out of the repetition. And maybe the, maybe getting, attempting to be shocked out of the repetition, you go further into the repetition, right? It has the opposite effect, send you deeper into it. Right, and I mean, I think he definitely saw himself at you know as an outsider right as someone unique to the norm and what everybody else around him was kind of doing right he, he thought he saw things differently and incorrectly yeah yeah definitely outsider perspective for sure and i wonder where that came from because i was i'm always interested in that for mark from mark's sake is like you know or we talked about earlier like he he was originally not going to be the front man of the band, right? He was going to be the guitar player. And for whatever reason, maybe because he was not good at guitar or maybe because he's like, I could write much better lyrics. Yeah, I would assume um, that, that I mean, uh, like we said, we're not experts, but like, I assume he was like, this, the shit you're writing is trash and I'm not, I'm not going to be in a band like this. Let me give this a shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you grab a guitar? Also, I got to assume, too, it was kind of twofold where Martin was a, a very good guitar player or became a very good guitar player. And he was like, this is going to much, work much better with you on guitar. Right. And the, and the idea that he was a more attractive guy just goes out the window. But Mark, Mark is such like his his face, you know, and especially as he aged, his face is so. Um, you know, I wouldn't say it's attractive, but it's very much, it's like a singular face, right? And he got more and more like looking like a, a character of himself, of himself, but like further, you know, all of the features got uh, even, I don't know, <laughs> uh, elongated and magnified that he has an outsider <laughs> looking appearance, doesn't he? I mean, yeah, I mean, I you don't expect him to be a f the front man, right? The the highlight no. of a of a band. No, you're not going to pick him out of. And when we look at the 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 album cover of the first single, we're gonna we're gonna see a, a bunch of the lads and and uh, um, Yvonne, I think, um, on there. And you're not going to pick him out as the. <laughs> as the front man if you had the choice without listening to any of the music but the his um his something that's interesting i want i tried to look it up because i was interested is why where did he get this very stubborn um approach you know where he had to have it this way and he was very dictatorial uh dictatorial with his band 
where did he get this? And I also wondered because he looked like that. And actually, when he was young, I got to give him credit. I when was he was young, say, he, he had, he had, he had a look of definitely an artistic look. Sure, he looks like any of the other. You know, he looks like a Mick Jagger up there standing at the microphone as a young man. Like, you yeah, know, he, he yeah. is attractive. He's got the he's got the style. Yeah. Like, yeah, um, somewhat ner- somewhat nerdy. You know, and I kind of I was wondering, did he get bullied? You know. Because, because <laughs> he has he's been accused <laughs> of uh, by multiple people of being a bully when he's they're part of his world of his creative world, right? Of him bullying people into getting what he wants. So I always wondered that, and I can't really find any of that. But I kind of made this little backstory in my head of like maybe he was in school getting bullied, or he's so witty. I hope that he would be able to be like you know, sticking up for himself, but his look was just like, maybe he did get kind of pushed around a little bit. So when he became able to make his own world of the fall, he just like, it was like, no one's getting, (laughs) no one's getting anywhere near this as far as. No one's taking a piece of my pie, right? Like I'll give them, I'll give them a piece, but they don't get to peck, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You got to fit in, you got to fit into my, you got to fit into my world now. And exactly. And like, you know, whether it's bullied at school or, you know, obviously it was in the seventies, right. Blue collar life, you know, probably the home life wasn't exactly stable. And, Definitely. and then you surround yourself, you know, with, with girlfriends and wives who are in your band yeah. or, you know, enamored with you and, you know, think you're super cool and interesting. And then you're like, well, this is how I should be treated all the time by everyone. Sure. Definitely. Definitely. And can, so can you imagine like picking up this record and like bringing it home when you're like a, you know, when you start to get into music, you know, you're in like your early teens and you're listening to this upstairs. Can you imagine being (laughs) in your upstairs listening to this and like your mom being like, what is that? You know, like especially the repetition, you know, you're listening to upstairs. You're like, what what are you listening to up there? Is it, uh, nothing, mom, nothing, mom. Uh, 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 just, it's the Bee Gees. It's the Bee Gees. It's just the drunk, drunk Bee Gees, and the record is skipping. Yeah. <laughs> or something. <laughs> like, there's no way you're putting this in a category when you're getting this and listening to it the first time. No, and there's no way most people are going to s- want you to play the next song. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they like music and are interested, uh, and interested, you're, you're like it's not. It's not exactly a welcoming, welcoming yeah. experience. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost like, hey, do, remember the side A? Yeah. <laughs> do you do you think we could go back to that side A? That this was pretty. You know, I could actually understand what was kind of going on on side A. Right. Yeah. Hey, oh wait, you want me to buy the full album next? I don't know. Which one is it going to sound <laughs> like? <laughs> Well, we're at we're at the end of the EP. We know what sound that is. Actually, we don't because this is the first episode. So, but that's Mark pouring his uh, Boddingtons. That's uh, the sign that we need to give this this album a rating. And so, what I think we we've come up with is some sort of scale of number of pints of Boddington's or maybe number of pints that you would give this maybe one to ten but because our scale is flexible I think we should be able to you know adjust accordingly depending on 
what the album calls for, what would be most appropriate to um, the listening experience, right? As far as awarding it certain types of beverages. Um, I haven't really thought about what I would give this one uh, up to this point, but because it's the first one, I'm going to, I got to give it 10 of 10. 10 pints. 10 pints. <clears throat> you know, 10 I, pints. I think if you had, you know, three pints before and then you, you finished the other seven um, <laughs> while, while you put uh, repetition. You want to drink the three before you put it on. Yeah, exactly. You want to be yeah. three deep, feeling, feeling right. Have a couple while you enjoy Psycho Mafia and Bingo Master Breakout. And then you're just like. You know, you finish the <laughs> you finish the last five while you just keep flipping repetition back on. You just keep moving the needle from okay, the, from the back like, to the front. And you're I like, like, is this I like is that. it over again? No, it's back at the beginning. What do you mean? It's just it's not the middle. I like that. I like that. I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna add to mine. Like I'm giving it the perfect time because it is is it's a good debut. I feel like I got all the tastes of, you know, what the band is capable of. Sadly to say, most <laughs> a good portion of the band does not continue on after this <laughs> after this album. But I think because this because it starts with that psycho mafia, I think a nice gl uh, glass of cheap, very cheap red wine while you're while you put it on a cheap glass of red wine and then as many repetitions of that as you need to kind of um, get this into your head because. Honestly, the more that I think I listening to that fall albums that I've listened to, they are albums that I don't know how you feel, but the more you listen to these fall albums, unlike any other, almost like unlike any other rock adjacent um, bands, the more you listen to them, the more you do appreciate the subtlety and then the the mark pull that he has on on creating this this artwork yeah no i totally agree um i mean just listening to the music whether you're streaming it through you know spotify or youtube uh, like it's not in any sort of order typically so i've listened to the same songs so many different times not even realizing like thinking i'm like, oh let's play this one album and i'll be like why is this song on? Like, this isn't even... And then you're like, oh, this is version 7. Like, I, I haven't listened to this yeah. one yet, but, like... Yeah, alternate takes. Uh -huh. And some of the alternate takes are just as good, if not better. Yeah. And also, I, I, I'm giving it... I'm standing by my perfect score as well because the sound quality on this album, the mixing, and that's something I think we're going to get into <laughs> later with some of these uh, other studio albums that are not as well mixed... Um, he, the fall really benefits from a well-mixed album because it is so repetitive and it, because it is so, um, simple and driving baseline that if you can hear everything that's going on, you really can get immersed in it, you know? Sure. And I mean, you know, Mark doesn't use his voice. I mean, he uses it as an instrument. I mean, it's not a beautiful instrument, but he uses it as one. And, like, the more you, you can get into his sound and the way he's using his yelps and screeches and things like that to, you know, emphasize 
what he wants, uh, you know, the cooler it is and, and the more interesting it is. Generation.